Claire FM's Beyond Belief with Father Jerry Kenny. Very good evening to you and you're warmly welcome as you join us for Beyond Belief on this Sunday, the 25th of February, 2024. Father Jerry Kenny here in the chair this evening and I do hope wherever you're joining us that you're safe and warm. Well, on our programme tonight, we will be hearing about the Lenten campaign that Trokra launches for this year and their particular focus on the country of Malawi in Africa. I'll also be joined by James Fennelly from the West Clare Mental Health Association talking about their programme on the Lighthouse in Kilrush over the coming weeks and also chatting with him about how we can help our own mental health, especially around times of bereavement or pain. Of course, I'll be chatting with my colleague Stephen Fletcher in a few moments' time, and also we'll have a little reflection for this second Sunday of Lent from Sister Anne Crowley in Kilkee. All that to come, but first of all, some music. Starting us off on our music trail this evening, we have the voice of Patrick Roach from West Clare with the song, If You Were Not Around. I've been climbing mountains since I first learned how to crawl. Just when I'm making progress, I seem to hit the boundary wall. When I get back on my feet Somebody shoots me down I can't imagine how it would be If you were not around It's like swimming across the river Trying to reach the other side I know I'll get there somehow If your arms are open wide But if you turn and walked away, I may never well be found I don't know how my life would be if you were not around Were it not for you, I don't know where I'd be How you see me true, all the things I could not see Everything you Just like it was before With an emptiness within No one there to guide me Or keep my feet back on the ground I don't know how my life would be If you were not around Were it not for you I don't know where I'd be How you see me true Things I could not see Everything you do You do to great amount I can't imagine 
are not around My life would have no meaning If you had not turned my way I never want to lose this feeling That's why you'll always hear me say Were it not for you I don't know where I'd be How you see me true All the things I could not see Everything you do You do the great amount I can't imagine how it would be If you were not colleague Stephen Fletcher at his premises in Kilbrush and we just have a cup of coffee because it's Lent but no goodies now at the no moment. Goodies. Mine is black coffee Jerry I just point out I don't even take the benefit of skimmed milk which I know some people do but there we are we we did say we were on strict yes, rations. We're, we're, we're strict rations <laughs> now as we journey through this season of Lent. Anyway it's great to be in company with you again Stephen and thanks as always for the hospitality that I, every time I come here and for all the work that you do for us here on Beyond Belief and on a Sunday prayer itself. Well, we're journeying through the season of Lent and this week, just earlier this week, we had the beginning of a special scripture course in Kilrush that was aimed at all the parishes of West Clare and it was led by a group of the lay ministers of the Diocese of Killaloo as an introduction to scripture, an introduction to the Bible for our people as an exercise during Lent and it is a very good outreach and continues over the next few weeks. So that's one of the features that's happening and I know in other parishes right throughout the diocese other features are happening as we journey through this season of Lent. And if anyone has things happening that they would like to publicise, do please uh, email us. Beyondbelief at clare.fm is all you need to do. Just send us an email and we can uh, take care of it and certainly provide publicity. Because there are a number of things, not all big things, but most parishes have some special event or course or something happening during Lent. And it's worthwhile taking part of that as well. Because as we have said before, it's not about giving up things in Lent necessarily, it's more about doing a bit more, doing a bit more reading, doing a bit more studying with others, and uh, that's what we can do. So do let us know that, beyondbelief at clare.fm. And of course, as we journey through Lent in our churches, Stephen, people will be hearing about the Trocra Lenten campaign, which has become a feature of Lent in our church over the past 50 plus years. And people will be familiar with the Trocra box and with the information that Trocra provides about their work. They usually pick a country that they are specialist in assisting. And this year, the country is Malawi. 
Later on the program, we'll be hearing shortly from Jane Mellis, who is uh, the Church Outreach Officer with TROCRA, telling us about that campaign and particularly about the work that they're doing in Malawi. And it's interesting that topically enough, they have a strong emphasis in their campaign on justice this year on uh, the whole topic of climate change and the way it has affected the people of Malawi there. And of course, scientists are telling us like that very often uh, with the effects of climate change, that it's some of the poorest countries in the world who suffer the greatest devastation as a result of the storms and the rains and all the rest of it. I've just been noticing and chatting with people here in West Clare, and we're, we've we've experienced a very wet winter, and our land is still. I was up at, at Burial there during the week, and the ground is so soggy and muddy and things like that. There has been just a, an amount of rain that has hit us all of this winter, and is making life a little difficult. You can imagine if you're living in one of the poorer countries where you don't have resources, how devastating that can be as well. Yeah, indeed. And it's one of those things that people have been resisting for some time that, oh, it's not really happening and it happens anyway. But when it happens in our own country, it's very clear that climate change is real. And to hear in Malawi and places like that, it's fundamentally changing the way they live or making it the way they can't live in many cases. You know, it's really happening. Absolutely. It's affecting especially the farming in that area because the seasons are changing, really, and the the pattern of the time of planting and the time of harvesting and all the rest of it is affected greatly by climate, as it would be in any country, but particularly in those poorer countries. So we'll be hearing a little bit about that. And I'll also be featuring something on the topic of mental health as we touch base with James Fenley and the resource there of the West Clare Mental Health Association and the work that the Lighthouse does here in Kilrush. So all of that will be coming up as we journey through the programme this evening. And of course, we'll have plenty of music. Stephen, thank you for your company as always and for all that you do for us and here is another sample of a little bit of music dating back to our time perhaps in the early 60s when do you remember Trini Lopez? Of course Yeah, here he is with If I Had a Hammer (laughs) Thank you Jerry Yeah, take me back down memory lane Thank you very much Thanks Stephen Bye Sing it in the morning Sing it in the morning 
June to be on belief on this Sunday evening the 25th of February and all through the season of Lent as you know from visiting your parish you will be hearing about the work of Trokra and the Lenten campaign and this year it features particularly the work that Trokra are doing in the country of Malawi. To tell us more about this Lenten campaign we're joined by Jane Mellet of Trokra and Jane, you're very welcome to our programme Beyond Belief. And I know that this is a very busy season for you as you launch the Lenten campaign. But I hope that you can tell us something about the work of Trokra in Malawi. Yeah, thanks, Father Jerry. Thanks for taking the time to, to hear us today. So, yeah, our Lenten campaign is well underway. And this year we're focusing on Malawi and particularly on the issue of water justice, which is very much related to climate justice. So Malawi is known as a country in Africa called the warm heart of Africa. It has that lovely um, association of, of being a very warm place culturally um, in the spirit of the people. And it's in the more southern, southeastern part of the, the African uh, continent. We have worked there for almost 48 years now. And we have a very good relationship with our partners in Malawi, mostly through the diocese and religious congregations with whom we work on the ground in Malawi. This year, we want to highlight the issue of water justice. So if you've seen the Troker box, you'll notice that it has a, a catchphrase on it, too much water, too little water. And the reason for that is you may recall that Malawi has been hit by extreme weather events in recent years. So uh, last year, the country was hit by Cyclone Freddy, which really caused havoc across Malawi. That was a storm that actually bypassed Malawi initially, went out to sea, then turned around and came back in and, and hit the country full force, causing millions and millions of euros worth of damage, hundreds of lives lost over 2 million people affected and really decimating homes, livelihoods, crops to the point of taking the nutrients from the soils. Malawi is still recovering from that storm and cyclones in Malawi used to be a once in a lifetime event, yet due to the effects of climate change, they've been hit by three cyclones in the last four years, which is quite astounding really. But th these are the effects of, of extreme weather we're starting to see in, in countries like Malawi. So unfortunately, it's the poorest and most vulnerable people in the world who are being hit by these effects of climate change, even though they've done very little to create the problem. 
I'm aware of that, Jane, because I have a good friend who's a priest in Malawi and I've noticed, in, as you say, in the last couple of years, in the emails he has been sending me, he's been mentioning the weather effects and I know that in, in his particular parish at the time of that cyclone, they had just planted and then the devastating rains came and just washed away everything. So the, <laughs> the crop yield for that season was completely devastated. Yeah, and it's, it is really devastating when something like this happens. That's the too much water side of this. And then the country moves into a situation of too little water. We might find this strange that there's flooding one minute and droughts the next, but these are the knock-on effects of the extreme weather events in Malawi. So communities there are either dealing with severe drought, so too little water, or due to the effects of storms like Cyclone Freddy, too much water. So it's this swing between flooding and drought, which have a devastating impact on people's income and particularly food security, as, as you've just mentioned. So Tropra Woods have very much responded to, to the impacts of Cyclone Freddy last year. We would have been involved in assisting almost 75,000 people uh, with humanitarian aid um, and since then helping communities to rebuild. But if you look at the Troker box this year, you'll see a family on the box, uh, Melita and her twins, uh, Patrick and Patricia. And they live in the Machinga district in Malawi. So this is a story of a family that we share with the people of Ireland to help us to understand the issues that face that family, that community and then the wider the wider areas in Malawi as well. And we're working with Melita's community to ensure they have access to safe, clean drinking water. So that would be another part of our work in Malawi, water security, as well as agroecology and food security. And you'll read Melita's story this year and you'll hear about it hopefully in your parish. And it's the story we've heard many times where women and children are the ones who are really spending their working days traveling to water sources close to their as close as possible to their home to, to secure water for their day's activities. So Melita has to make a one hour round trip five times a day, sometimes more than that. We, we would have heard from Melita that she spends eight hours per day collecting water. So that's a full working day. And if children are also involved in that activity, it also means that they're not in school getting an education. And then this water isn't safe to drink. So a lot of people become sick and and waterborne diseases in Malawi would be the second leading cause of, of death in, in the population. So it's quite a serious issue. So Troker's working in, in communities like Melita to secure water for those families through drilling boreholes, wells and so on. So that's just a kind of snapshot of what we're involved with there. And obviously, because you have been working in that region for almost 48 years, as you said, Jane, this was a country that was poor ever before climate change began to have the devastating effect on, on the crop yield. Yeah, absolutely. So the challenges have changed. And when you talk to these local communities, Malawi has a dry season and a wet season. Um, they're the two seasons and uh, farmers and, and families would know when to plant the time of year of the seasons and all of that were very predictable but now that's no longer predictable and we just simply don't know when a storm is going to strike the dry seasons have become much longer as well so the water sources that could be relied on in the past are drying up due to the prolonged dry seasons so the challenges for farmers and for families are increasing unfortunately then you have extreme weather events which are in many ways undoing the work of the past. Uh, it's just a really clear example of the devastating impacts of climate change. 
particularly across the African continent. Other side of Troker's work here in Ireland is, is our campaigning and advocacy on policies in this part of the world, um, which can help to reduce emissions and, and to, to help communities mitigate against these disasters in the future. It's a colossal challenge. It's the biggest challenge facing us globally at the moment. And we're seeing the effects in all countries. I suppose in Ireland, we have the resources to cope when disasters strike, but it's way more difficult in, in a country like Malawi. And the Lenten campaign each year from Trokra, you highlight a particular aspect of your work uh, at different in different countries and, and that. The response all over the years, it's 51 years, I think, since Trokra has launched its, its Lenten campaign and began its work. The response has always been generous from the Irish people. Oh, absolutely. We, we could not do our work without the generous supports of, of the people of Ireland, particularly across parishes and dioceses in this country. We're so very grateful for that support, uh, which we're working on on behalf of the Catholic Church in Ireland to really make a difference in people's lives. And I would have been to Malawi and, and seen the effect of a water source, a borehole well being provided for a community. It changes their life forever. Um, but that's just one example of some of the work we're involved in. So just to take this opportunity to thank people for their generous donations to Trokra, particularly during Lent, it's our largest campaign of the year. It's one of the largest campaigns, I think, of any organisation on the island of Ireland. And it brings in vital funds that are supporting the world's most vulnerable people and it really making a difference to people's lives. So just to, to thank people most sincerely for that. Part of your work as well, I know at this time, and you're, you're deeply involved in it as well, Jane, is just visiting schools and communities and inform and parishes and informing them uh, of, of the work that Trocra does. And just, I suppose, giving the results of, you know, where people's generosity is going and how it's been used by you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, coincidentally, as I'm, I'm talking to you this morning, I'm in uh, Kinsale Community School. We're here with one of our staff members from Malawi who has come to speak in schools and parishes around the country this week and next week. So it's a great opportunity to interact with students and with parishioners just to hear more about our work, to hear about the issues. Young people are learning about climate change and sustainability all across their curriculum now. And they're well aware of what's at stake and the issues that are facing us as a community. But I think to see the different organisations who are out there building hope and making lasting change is, is really great for them to see that. And Salome Mumba, who's our Irrigation and Resource Officer for Malawi, is with us for two weeks. So they're going to hear directly from her, her, her community in Malawi, her family in Malawi, and and the work that she's involved with through Trocra there as well. So it's a great opportunity for everyone. Yeah. As always, the information that Trocra gives us during Lent is very informative. And with the Lenten package that people are picking up in their parishes now, there's quite a detailed information about your work and about the the things that you've talked about there, Jane, about the effects of climate change, particularly in Malawi. So we would encourage people maybe just to pick up that envelope that is available there. And that contains the famous Trocra box that people use all through Lent. To, to make their generosity towards your work. 
Yeah, thank you. And the trocar box is around a long time. It's a, it's a unique symbol. And we were just chatting this morning saying in the move to a, a cashless society almost, we, we also have a, a QR code on the box. So if people want to scan that, it brings you to our donate page online. And you, you can also go to trocar.org to do that. Yeah. Grant, and as you say, that your website is, is always very informative of your work and of your campaigns. And people can access that by going to if you can give us the website address again, please, Jane. Yeah, so it's troker.org. Troker.org. Jane, thank you so much for taking the time out from your busy schedule just to chat to us about the Lenten Troker campaign and the work of Troker, especially for the people of Malawi this year, which you're featuring for the Lenten campaign. And we wish you every success with this and with your work. Thank you again, Jane. Thanks so much. Think of all the hearts beating in the world at the same time. Think of all the faces and the stories they could tell at the same time. Think of all the eyes Looking out into this world Trying to make some sense of what we see Think of all the ways we have of seeing Think of all the ways there are of being Think of all the children being born into this world at the same time. Feel your love surround them through the years they'll need to grow at the same time. Just think of all the hands that will be reaching for a dream. Of all the dreams that could come true. Yes, if the hands we're reaching with could come together, joining me and you. When it comes to thinking of tomorrow, we must protect our. Join to build a world that loves
voice there of Barbara Streisand and at the same time. You're tuned to Beyond Belief here on Clare FM on this Sunday, the 25th of February. So I'm joined now by James Fenley, who is coordinator of the Lighthouse or of uh, West Clare Mental Health Services uh, here in uh, Kilrush in West Clare. And James, you're very welcome. We're moving into springtime. The evenings are getting longer. The mornings a little bit brighter as well. And uh, just checking in with you to see what is happening with the lighthouse and with the services that you provide. Delighted to be back, Father Kenny. Always enjoy our chats. And yeah, it's a great, isn't spring a great time of the year? I just, I, I find it personally very uplifting and I would see it in our groups. There's a change in the weather, there's a change in the light. And I think that brings, spreads a bit of hope into people for the new year that the longer days are coming, the better weather is coming and we're leaving the darker days behind. Uh, so what's happening in the lighthouse at the minute? So we are still going for our woodland for wellbeing walks every Tuesday uh, down in Vandeler Gardens at 11 o'clock. Uh, always welcome newcomers uh, it's a nice easy walk through the woods and uh, it's evidence based that walking through woodland uh, has a, a much greater effect on your well-being so at the minute now you know the woodland there's plenty of daffodils around the birds are starting to sing in the trees and uh, once the daffodils go then we'll be looking forward to the bluebells so we've walked the woodlands for this will be approaching our second year now through the woods as a group and I think we only ever had to cancel once because it was really too slippery with frost. But other than that, hail, rain, sleet or snow, the group comes out and uh, it's a good group. It's free of charge and uh, yeah, there's plenty of very interesting people on the walk. So that's on Tuesdays. Uh, then Tuesday evening in the Lighthouse we have our open peer support group, Connect. So that's on from 7 to 9 and it's just uh, an open, open, you don't need to make an appointment, you can just come up and have a chat and have an opportunity to speak to one of our peers or sit around the table with us and and talk if there's something specific on your mind, you know, you can put it out there and we can see has anyone a lived experience of it or to share the experience of their experience with you. We do that again on Friday evenings from 5 to 7, slightly earlier in the evening so people can get away for the weekend. Then on Wednesdays, we have Adele's Music Club. That's online. Uh, It's a very straight format. And it's a very simple thing. People coming together for the love of music. And there's a wide range of artists. Uh, Some people will sing live. And we often have people coming in, especially just to sing live. Other people just want to listen to songs. And it's just a very simple medium of keeping people connected. 
what have we coming up early in the new year? In April, we're going to have a, a journaling for well-being workshop delivered by Midwest Aries in the Lighthouse. That's going to be, I haven't released the advertising yet, but it's going to be on around the middle of April. We'll probably advertise it after Paddy's weekend. It'll give us about a month. And uh, that's for people who want to be able to, I suppose, journal, learn, learn, learn a good way to journal and how to express their feelings on paper and their thoughts to help them on a daily basis. So I'm looking forward to that in the new year as well. I notice, uh, James, uh, that um, on my own walks down at the East End here in Kilkee, uh, in the shelter there, uh, and I know around in other places as well, you know, you've been putting up uh, very relevant posters about the importance of connecting and there's telephone helplines there as well. And, you know, that's a great initiative, I think. It just, you know, reminds people to, to keep connected and to, to benefit from that connection uh, to improve their mental health. Yeah, well, we have a number of these uh, posters around the place uh, in different locations. We also have the numbers on the Lighthouse brochure, which is probably in every parish, in every church, in every community hall in West Clare as well. And then also on our website, if you scroll down to the bottom of every page on our website, there's a list of local and national numbers for people to reach out to. The, the key thing with these numbers is it's kind of like the saying goes you can there's only so much you can do you can only you can bring a horse to water but people need to reach out for themselves and they have to be ready to do that and ready to look look for a bit of support and let people support them I mean, that's the key part there's no shame in reaching out you know I suppose that's that's really key because I think for all of us in life, when something happens to us and it affects us, uh, we there's nearly a natural instinct in us like we'll, we'll keep this to ourselves or nobody else will understand that type of thing. So making that step can be you know a major step for anybody. Yeah, I think it's a weight off people's minds when they reach out. I've never known, I've never personally now, through work, I've never known anyone regret reaching out, you know. And oftentimes, all they want is someone to listen. They may, they probably already have the answers to what they need to do themselves, but they just want to listen as the saying goes, a problem shared is a problem halved. So a lot of what we do in the lighthouse is just listen to people. We don't have to offer advice. We just sit there and listen. And for some people, a lot of people nearly in our dealings, with that's nearly enough for them. In terms of, uh, you know, as you say, we're moving into spring and uh, the all the signs of nature are talking about new life and uh, hope, really, I suppose. But I'm conscious as well, I think, I suppose, having come out of this winter, uh, a lot of people maybe have gone through difficult times of bereavement or maybe a diagnosis of an illness and that. And that can be a real shock for them in their life. Um, like in your experience and in terms of the mental well-being for any of us that come across difficult news or having difficult burdens like that, are there any pointers or helps that can uh, sustain somebody in, in situations like that? Well, there's there's a lot of things, I suppose. There's a lot of information out there of what people can do and what the grieving process is when it comes to the loss of a loved one or, you know, when you, if, you, if you are unfortunate enough to, to get a diagnosis. But I suppose no one owns the rule book on grief and no one owns the rule book on if you receive a, a diagnosis of a, a life-threatening illness. 
uh, I, I suppose I, I'd like to share with my my say my own personal experience. Uh, my mother passed away when I was twenty nine uh, of cancer. She was fifty six. So uh, I suppose, uh, and I had a younger brother. He was only nineteen at the time, and Mam passed away two weeks before I was due to get married. And uh, I suppose if someone had given me guidance or advice or a book that on grief at the time, I'm not sure what I would have done with it. But looking back now, uh, I know what helped me in the grieving process. And I say, and no one exclusively has the has to say I'm an expert on grief but I know what helped me would have been staying connected to people and talking to people and uh, not not isolate myself or or, or, or or building up them feelings and it's okay to to say I'm not doing great today but I suppose two things I would say about it one I, I remember clearly one of my friends shaking my hand the morning mummy passed away and uh, he said to me it's a happy release and I'd never heard that before because I'd never lost someone in my family. And I, and I wasn't sure what to make of it. But, yeah, over time I sat with my emotions and, yeah, I understood. Yeah, look, we didn't want Mammy to be in any more pain, but we didn't want to lose her either. Like, you know, but, you know, I suppose you don't want to see them in any pain whatsoever. So that kind of made sense to me. And then in my position, in my case anyway, getting back into a semblance of routine, Scrand a few days off to try and f- figure out, and I suppose you're still shocking, you're still raw, and everything is so raw, and you're you're numb for the first week or so. But I think it's very important to try and get back into some sort of a routine when you're ready to, you know. And that that certainly helped me going back to work because grief will come in waves, and it'll catch you. It'll catch at the most random times uh, down the line, like. But getting into a routine is is a distraction. But routine is something we would say to pe- say to anyone if they're not feeling uh, the best in themselves. It's important to have a routine. It's important to have something to look forward to in the mornings to get up to. And if it's not work, then you need to find something else to to get you out of bed in the mornings. Like so, routine is key for your overall well being. But, but particularly when you're when you've had a recent loss, it's it, it's 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 really important to remind yourself of routine. So I suppose you know, I just said, and I I I concur with what you're saying, James, and in, in my own experience, like uh, routine and connection, being able to to speak to somebody or just uh, you know even to walk silently with somebody, but know that there is some connection there in your life. Um, that you know you you can share if you want to share with them, and um, that's so important. It is, and I would have seen it in the weeks after Mam passed. Dad, uh, Dad was at home, and my younger brother and sister were there. But you know they were back into their routine, and they were off out doing you know what young people do. And Dad had probably lost a bit of his routine, and probably couldn't share his thoughts or feelings and I have to give all credit to uh, our parish priest at the time, Father PJ McAvoy. He would have spent Manny's a night in our house on the lead up to Mammy's death, talking to Mammy, talking to Daddy. Mammy had a really strong faith and uh, and then after Mammy passed, uh, you know, he was down calling into Daddy, checking in on him two, three times a week, and often just the two of them would sit and chat, and uh, that was 
that certainly helped Daddy with with his grief. And I'm sure Father PJ, you know, in his job, you know, where he'd see a lot of grief, you know, it was probably helpful to him as well to be able to talk. So it's really important to stay connected and to talk to people, you know. And, yeah, I'd the utmost admiration for him. I think Father PJ, is in, he's moved on from the current now. I think he's in Edenderry, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's... It's 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 remarkable, you know, when you as looking in from the outside, you can actually see it, and you can see how it how it helps people, you know, and it's that human touch as well, I suppose. Yes, I suppose you know around the time of the funeral and that there's there's a lot of activity going on, um, there in most cases is a lot of support maybe for the family, but as you say, as the weeks move on, then people have to return to their own routine, and uh, you know that's healthy and that's good, but everybody goes through grief at their own pace, and you know very often maybe you know even in a family. There will be triggers for one person that mightn't be for another person, but there'll be other triggers then that's, you know, that just, uh, you know, brings them into that moment of grief. Yeah, and as I say, grief is an individual thing. So you can't, you can't set yourself, you can't compare yourself to someone else and how they, they dealt with their grief and you can't be setting yourself targets. You just have to be... I said, be, be comfortable with it. But you have to look after yourself and have that in the back of your mind and try to make the good choices around your lifestyle and diet and, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the weeks afterwards, not be going too excessive on anything, you know. And you, you bear that in mind. But, yeah, grief is individual. I wouldn't be telling anyone it's going to take X amount of time. I would keep hope in the back of my mind and hope, like the spring... You will come out of the darker days and the days will get brighter. Uh, I think you live with grief all your life personally, you know, but it does get easier, you know. But I can't say when it gets easier. It depends on, on, on the person themselves. But you, need to, you do need to look after yourself during the grieving process. That's really important. Fully agree with you, James. And I think, you know, sort of, as you say, the pain will always be there, the pain of loss. But, uh, you know, hopefully what, what you're doing on that journey is, is getting the strength to be able to carry it a little bit better within yourself as time moves on. You do. And you, as you said, uh, you know, it, 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 can, it can come at you in waves way down the line. And I remember it was, I'm going to say, six or eight months after Mammy passed and Daddy was probably tidying up stuff in, in Mammy's room and he happened across uh, her little black letter Bible that her own mother had given to her and her own mother had only died 11 months before her but she was uh, 85 and inside this uh, Bible my mother had wrote a note of when her mother died uh, the day she died uh, the day she went to the church and the day she was buried and then underneath that, she wrote another note, and it was, and when I die, I want James to have this Bible. So I'm not sure how she was reaching out to me, uh, but uh, she certainly left, that certainly crept up in me because, you know, my sisters would have been asked uh, if they wanted the wedding rings or the engagement rings, and myself and my brother weren't into anything like that. Like, But she left, uh, she left a message for me that came up months later. Like, So I still have the Bible. <laughs> 
I'd like to have the conversation with her say why did you leave it exactly to me <laughs> you know but yeah and then yeah grief kind of strikes up on you then like and, and it can kind of set you back a few steps but then you you remind yourself that no you will get through it James, you know, thank you for sharing that with us because I think it's it's that sort of conversation and everybody will have their own particular way but their own particular gems of, of the connection they've had maybe with somebody that they lost. That, you know, it's good to share with somebody that, you know, is close to you and, uh, you know, will help them perhaps on, on their journey or at their uh, time of, of, of grieving as well. Um, but just re- returning to the uh, lighthouse and what its plans are for the as we come into this particular time, just I suppose to remind us again of how people can access this and the website and where they can get further information of yeah. your, what you're doing. The website would be the primary uh, point of contact. Uh, so it's West Clare Mental Health www.westclarementalhealth.ie and everything will be on that what activities we're doing we're doing during the week uh, what uh, courses or workshops we're going to be running in the future uh, contact numbers or a message box to contact us automatically and then the list of all the crisis numbers local and national so the website is the main port call for us so westclarementalhealth.ie now failing that uh, you can contact us on mobile. It's a, it's part time hours really. Uh, so it's oh eight five eight five five nine five one one. James, thank you for joining with us in conversation this evening, and we'll uh, touch base again uh, to hear more about your good work that you do in the West Clare Mental Health Association. Great to talk to you, Father Kenny. Good luck. branches down 
song Lift the Wings, taken from the 25th anniversary recording of River Dance. Well, time now on Beyond Belief for a little period of reflection, and we're joined by Sister Anne Crowley from Kilkee for this reflection on the second Sunday of Lent. As we move through the season of Lent, We accompany Jesus in his desert journey. It is a blessing to see the snowdrops and daffodils breaking through the earth. A promise lies within our Lenten journey. A voice of hope that calls us out of darkness to lead us to the bright promise of the resurrection. God renews us through the winter of our lives. He pours his love into our hearts like spring rains falling gently. He forgives our faults and remembers our sin no more. Our Lenten renewal plants us like a seed where the living water of God's love refreshes, reforms and transforms us. In these Lenten days, we call out to our gracious God Heal our broken world. Sacrifice us for the sake of the poor and hungry. Empower us to care for the emigrant, the lost, the sick and the dying. 
Every action and every breath we take can be a prayer, a love song, sung with every fibre of our being. Together with the body of Christ, we become a symphony of the Spirit, lifting up our prayer to God. God calls everyone to be connected by the breath of love, of peace and of compassion. God calls everyone to be part of a communion of life. Help us to offer our time, our gifts and talents to help bring about one world in God.
voice there of Twyla Paris and how beautiful. And before that we heard a little reflection for this second Sunday of Lent from Sister Anne Crowley of Kilkee. Well, we're coming to the close of our programme for this Sunday evening. Thank you for your company and my thanks to all our guests. To Jane Mellett of Trokra for telling us about the Lenten Trokra campaign and the work of Trokra in Malawi on all our behalf. To James Fennelly of West Clare Mental Health Association for his outline of the work at the Lighthouse Centre in Kilrush and for chatting to us about our mental health. To my colleague Stephen Fletcher for our chat earlier and for producing tonight's programme. I do hope that you have a very pleasant and peaceful week ahead and we play out with the strains of Forgotten Dreams by Leroy Anderson. This is Father Jerry Kenny on behalf of the Beyond Belief team reminding you that our programme of Beyond Belief and Sunday Prayer, which is broadcast on Sunday mornings here on Clare FM at a quarter to eight, are available for download as podcasts at the catch-up facility on Clare FM. Until we chat again, Sloan August Palach.